0: Football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Here
1: we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination
2: of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. What do you do in a two quarterback league when you're confronted with a big decision? It's PPR, it's round four, you don't have your quarterback yet. Do you go with Matt Ryan, or do you go with a PPR stud like Julian Edelman? I was faced with that exact decision in our Superflex League, which is basically two quarterbacks. And we'll talk about that draft in a little bit. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Your email is at fantasyfootballatcbsi.com. I'm Adam Azer. What's up, Jamie Eisenberg? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. Dave Richard, what's up? What's going on,
1: Adam? What? I uh, I am starting to feel the wave of Kyler Murray Really? Hype. Really? kind of fall over all of a sudden I don't want to use hype in, in a negative connotation. I mean it in a positive way. Actually, I think that he's got glorious upside. Um, I, this is where I actually wanted to start with this. If, if, if I could be afforded the chance to do something a little bit different, if, if Lamar Jackson, if you take his seven games from last season when he started spread it out over on a 16 game pace, he would have finished as QB 14 with 2,500 or so passing yards, 11 passing touchdowns, nine rushing touchdowns, over 1,200, nearly 1,300 rush yards. I'll pose this question to both of you guys. I just gave some numbers. Do you think Kyler Murray will do better or worse than those numbers in his first year in Arizona? Better. Yeah, better. Does he do better on the ground? Does he rush for uh, – predicting him to rush for 1,200 or 1,300 yards sounds kind of crazy. Does he get a thousand rush yards? No, no
0: 800,
1: but the passing yards, you have to expect him to get 3,500.
0: They're going to run a ton of plays. They have a lot of interesting weapons there. I mean, he's already a top 10 quarterback for me. So I, I, I right now I, I could see myself moving beside seven by the time we get to August. Um, I, I just think again, it's a position that you can afford to take a chance on. And if you whiff, you have plenty of fallback options. Um,
2: yeah, that's a great point. That that's it, 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 that's the it, whole it, that's it, the whole thing. It's the whole crux of of
0: quarterbacks. Like I, I think the top four are gonna be the same. We've talked about this a lot. Probably the top five. I think Baker's gonna solidify himself as the fifth quarterback. I know Dave, you haven't ranked definitely just because I'm looking at it here, but mm-hmm. you know, I think just based on ADP, Mayfield will end up being in that top five. He may move ahead of the guys in front of him, but you know, the the top five guys based on average draft position are kind of be locked in barring injury. Then you have the the I think the next group of quarterbacks is kind of the swing group, and I think it, it Murray can put himself in that category of guys like Cam if he's right. Uh, I, I'm I'm the high guy on Winston maybe in the industry. Uh, I have him at seven, um, but again I think if if he has a good training camp and everything goes well, he'll be in this conversation too. But it's Wentz, uh, maybe still Breeze, um, Cam. I say Cam. Oh, Uh, did you say Ryan? uh, Yeah, I mean, Cam is the one I think that could push himself all the way to six. You know, just again based on what his pedigree is and if he's right. Uh, But Cam, Ryan, Wentz, Winston, Murray, and then it's kind of uh, you know the older guys. And and, and I know Wilson's not old, but you know Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. uh, you, You know that this is kind of the the way the quarterback landscape is shaping up. Um, with with a couple of outliers, obviously somebody's gonna you know still look at Roethlisberger like Heath does, Prescott you know just based on how he finished, uh, still you know Rivers if you're so inclined, Brady if you're so inclined, uh, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen you know it's just there's we could sit here and name 25 guys that have a chance to be top 15 uh, with a handful that I, you know I think you could say confidently will be top 10, but I think you just look at Kyler's upside and and what it could be. Uh, you know, it, it there there's there are certainly flaws. You know, he's he's clearly small. He's on a team that was terrible last year, and and like I said, the weapons are intriguing, but they're young. You know, you you look at outside of Fitzgerald, Kirk's a second year guy, and then three rookies. And the offensive line is a mess. I don't know if it's a mess. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to Pete Prisco Drink. Um, you Got know, he, he was just out there, and you know, we we kind of were were talking through some of the things with the Cardinals that you know he he brings up some good points that they had several injuries on the line last year they add gilbert to it um it, it's not deep so any injuries are going to be a problem but how many teams have a deep offensive line you know so Murray will get the ball out quicker. The system will be different. You know, Pete was just raving about his release. Uh, and, and if you read the column that Pete wrote on Kyler Murray, you know, he compares his release to Dan Marino. Not that he's Dan Marino by any stretch, but uh, just the way that he gets the ball out quick, that's the first thing that came to Pete's mind. And he talked to Kyler about that. And Kyler's quote back to him was, wow, I appreciate that compliment. Thank you. You know, he talked about his release. But there there are things <laughs> that you look at and, and, and you say – Okay, like, like Dave laid out for you, you, know, you look at the way Josh Allen finished, you look at the way Lamar Jackson finished, and if there's an opportunity for Murray to take what he did in college, translate that to Cliff Kingsbury's system, and perform on what the numbers translate to the NFL, the performance translates to the NFL – Like, I was listening to Kyler Murray's press conference yesterday, and he was like, the windows are smaller in terms of the passing opportunities. The guys are faster. So things are going to be dramatically different for him. And he had as close to an all-star team in college as you could potentially ask for with what he had around him in Oklahoma compared to what he has certainly in in Arizona. But I I think, you know, you heard Ben Gretsch talk about it the other day. It's more four-point for passing touchdowns than six points. But the chance for Kyler Murray to exceed the expectations of what typical rookie quarterbacks are are all in front of him. And so I like I am taking him over Jared Goff, I'm taking him over Drew Brees, I'm taking him over Russell Wilson, and I know that sounds ludicrous to say, but I just think that there's a higher ceiling for him than all of those guys heading into 2019. What round? Uh, I mean, because that's I th- don't that's the I, next part of the I equation. I don't ever I don't ever want to put a round tag on quarterbacks, and I'm not saying that as an out. I just think that when we talk about what we do compared to what the public does, it's not necessarily going to ever translate. Right. So but I'm me, always going to take him after – my, my radar will always go up for Kyler Murray in the spot where once I see the first five guys go off, then I'm going to start to judge the board.
2: Okay, yeah, but, but there, that's the problem, right? So it's like in our drafts, you're taking Kyler Murray as the seventh quarterback off the board in a one-quarterback league. That might be like round eight. In a lot of drafts, you're going to be passing up some seriously good players. So the seventh quarterback might go in round five. So I I don't, you know, it's just, it's not just about QB ADP and where they're going. In your league, we're not going to take our number seven quarterback before like the twentieth wide receiver. It's just never going to happen.
0: But I I also think that the 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 smart Drafter, which is the people who are listening to our show now, because the novices are, are you know, casual listeners to a fantasy football <laughs> podcast, and they and they come in losers usually around the <laughs> end of July. But but I don't <laughs> no, tell my I said you know, that. I think the thing that you you sort of have to gauge is that those five guys will go in the first four rounds. Then there'll be a lull, even even in 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 regular drafts, there'll be a lull. Yeah. yeah. So it still may get you to round seven. To where that'll the next quarterback run will come off. All right, Will, like I, think, will I think Cam, will, if he's will, right, we'll put will himself Fuller in
2: there or Kyler Murray. Who? Will Fuller. Uh, Fuller. Because I'm looking at consensus rankings right now, and Matt Ryan is QB seven, so I'm just using QB seven. Will Fuller, David Montgomery, Dante Pettis. Those are three all, guys.
0: All the skill players over quarterback. Yeah, but right. again, this is just the way we will tell people to draft. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it'll Do never that. be reflective again in, in average aspirations. Now, again, that's looking at. Two QB leagues and, and things of that nature. I also think that
1: average drafters, novice drafters, losers, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. will see a rookie quarterback and go, Oh, I don't want that. Those guys are never good. So maybe in those, you know, leagues that everybody's well, I, in that don't involve a bunch of analysts, they might be able to get Kyler Murray in round eight, nine. I'll nine.
0: give you I'll give you a real life example. Be, just, just a quick look. We're not going to talk about this because it's for our, our second dish or our magazine. In depth, but uh, we just did our pick-by-pick series, which we you know generally do for the site as well. Uh, but we did it for the magazine, and it was really cool because for the first time, we did it with four people. Ben Gretsch did it with us. And Ben took Kyler Murray as his... It's a one-quarterback league. He took him in round... Um, he took him in round 10, and then he took Roethlisberger. Give me that all day. All day long.
2: I, I, yeah. Sure. I think that you can. It's not like it's not like um, quarterback is foolproof. You can be bad at quarterback, you know. And depending on how you feel about Roethlisberger, without Antonio Brown, we have basically no sample size. We have one game where he was bad. Okay, so
0: replace him with Dak Prescott. Replace him with
2: yeah, I, I, I Jimmy Garoppolo. Who you like? I know, but I but I don't know if I love that. Uh, you know, I, look, I, it's probably going to be the route that I go in a lot of leagues, I suppose, because even if they don't work out, I pr- I probably can pick up somebody off waivers throughout the year that will work out. Guys have to drop really good quarterbacks throughout the year, right? I mean, I had to drop but, Kirk Cousins at one point. It just happened. So so I'm fine with it. You know what? I'm how, not going to nitpick. You're right.
0: You're, I'm not gonna how, how many leagues, and, and again, the average drafters, the average fantasy players versus the experts, and I'm not putting us in that category. I'm just talking about the people that have played year over year. How many fantasy players in a fifteen round draft, one quarterback league take two quarterbacks? Five, maybe. Uh, if that. No. If wait, that. wait in like a regular. In a twelve team league that you have fifteen roster spots. Yeah. How wait, many of those drafting? people have two quarterbacks?
2: Normal people, normal, regular, average Joe fantasy. No, no, player? no.
0: I think I think Jamie's talking uh, a combination, about combination average. I mean, just just, just in general. How, how many of the twelve people in in a league carry two quarterbacks? For 10 weeks of the season. Okay. So like, if what would you say? I mean, I'm, I have no idea.
1: If so. you're saying a typical league, I would, I would venture a guess that 10 of the 12 teams would. You say 10. I, if, okay, it's, so, if it's just like, fine. you know, 12
0: dudes yeah, that are detail. hanging out
1: at the sports bar down the street.
0: So there's 22 10. quarterbacks. Yes. So 22 quarterbacks.
1: So but I would argue that if it's, it's a bunch of people that have been playing fantasy for a long time and they know the ebbs and flows of fantasy and they know where the strengths are by position. That's the type of,
0: League were maybe five teams. So forward. so let's say twenty. So knock off two. Let's just say twenty. Okay. So so eight eight owners in a league carry two quarterbacks. I think you're able to still find probably some guys on waivers that yeah. you could stream. You will, for sure. That if you're if if you take the two and both those guys fail, like in in Ben's scenario, like if Kyler's a flop as a rookie and Roethlisberger takes a huge step back without Antonio Brown. Now again, I'm not going to use this league as an example because. Most of us only took one quarterback. But I think you'll find Stafford go undrafted. Sam Darnold may go undrafted. Uh, both Dolphins guys, I think you can get by with Fitzpatrick to start the season because he looks like he's going to be the starter. There's going to be so many guys that you just have the opportunity to say, I can get by with a couple of weeks
2: if I need to. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not it's not hard. That, to, in a just to tie like it all
0: in, it, to where Kyler sort of has the opportunity to, to fall in play is you shoot for the moon at this position.
2: Okay, it's a fair point. Well, let's uh let's get, we have a two quarterback league. And by the way, that well it's a super flex league, but we'll explain. It's mostly two quarterback. Uh, if you ever are drafting with Ben Gretsch, you are not getting Kyler Murray. He will get him every time he did in this draft as the eighth quarterback off the board. Um, so we will discuss that league and and look, it's a PPR. Super Flex League, where there's one flex position that can be a quarterback. Does it have to be a quarterback? I'll show you what the math says. But some emails I wanted to read to get the show started, cbsi.com. Subject line is Zeke. Oh, man, I always forget the name. If you don't put your name in the signature, there's a good chance I'm forgetting your name. So please put your name somewhere in the body of your email. Dave kind of brought it up on the podcast the other day, but I haven't really heard many people discuss the fact that Zeke had 433 touches last year, if you include the playoff games. Not sure if that applies to the curse of 400, but 433 is a lot no matter how you slice it, and I think it needs to be a serious talking point for Ezekiel Elliott's 2019 prospects.
1: We kind of gloss over it with Zeke, don't we? Because he's just been so good and so consistent for fantasy since he's entered the NFL. And, and this is one of the reasons why I think he's fourth best in full PPR because he's. I, I, I think they're going to do a lot to take touches off his plate in the passing game. Between Witten, Cobb, and Tony Pollard, he, he's probably. I think he might have only 40 catches this year.
2: Okay. Uh, the, the workload doesn't really concern me. He had like 370, 380 as a rookie. And then even if he had. I imagine if he had played 16 games, he would have done just fine in his second year.
1: Yeah, but he didn't, and that actually was a blessing once we got through those suspended,
2: I guess. But I don't know. That offensive line, his physique, for whatever reason, I just don't really fear the workload, especially at his age.
0: And even if he loses the catches, which I mean, I would say he's probably closer to 50, the touchdowns are going up. There's no way that that, that's going to be the same thing. All
2: right, next email is from Driven. Dear Axe, Taylor, and Chuck, that's Billions, Great show. I know we just got a big contract, but I'm not sold on Carson Wentz. He was wildly inconsistent last year. Don't really agree with that. And being no. hurt two of your three seasons makes you injury-prone in my book. I do agree with that. Is it just me? What am I missing on Carson Wentz?
1: He ranked third for me in consistency last year. It's just the games that he missed. And if, if you want to put the injury-prone label on him, you absolutely can. But he's got... An unbelievable group of offensive linemen around him, and an unbelievable group of pass catchers around him, and a run game that's kind of a question mark right now. This offense is going to go through Carson Wentz, and, and if he stays healthy, he's going to finish minimum top ten quarterback, if not top five.
2: Mm, Jamie, quick
0: thought on Wentz? No, I agree. I I think you have to be concerned about the injuries, but he's, you know, the 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 track record is is pretty. Clear. I mean, he's he's been very good so when he's played.
2: Why? Why take Kyler Murray over Carson Wentz, who was going to win the MVP two seasons ago? Oh, I'm I'm here. not right now, but I, I
0: like said I may. Right now, he's tenth for me. Wentz is nine.
2: Okay. Uh, next email is from nope. Oh, Anthony, Anthony from the greatest city in Washington. Please don't don't say Seattle. Tacoma. Sure. Why not? Dear Ickis, Crum, and Oblina. I'm guessing those are his friends in Tacoma. This appears to be some type of cartoon. Uh, Real monsters. Okay, great. I'm sure I'll learn about that soon. Should we be more excited for Robbie Anderson as a potential breakout top 20 wide receiver this year? I'll just let that be the yeah, question.
1: Yeah, ended it there. Yeah, all the reports or what did Pete say? It's not uh, all the reports. This is what
2: Pete said from when he was at
1: uh, yeah.
0: Jets camp, that he was running routes really well. and He's he's he, in a contract he, year. Yep. He's coming off a, a very solid finish to his 2018 campaign where he finally started to connect with Sam Darnold uh, three of his last four games, at least 17 or more PPR points. Uh, at least seven targets. Needs the last four games. The the one game where he struggled was against New England, and, and Adam, as you've noted many times, New England takes away great receivers, <laughs> especially times. with the way <laughs> Stefan Gilmore has been playing. Yeah. Um. But I I think you look at Anderson. Um. Like I was reading. Um. Uh, he, he's he's one of my breakout candidates for this year. So I, I was reading what Heath wrote in uh, his case for case against, and it's a valid argument. You know, when you look at Adam Gase's offense from Miami, his best receiver, and even last year. Was in the slot. Jarvis Landry for the majority of that time, and then Albert Wilson to start last season. So he hasn't exactly had a lot of success with outside players, outside receivers. But if they're going to move Anderson around, which is what Pete has talked about, now it doesn't necessarily make much sense because if you look at the receiving core there, Anunn was best attributes playing the slot. Obviously, Crowder's best attributes playing the slot. And Anderson is really the one outside guy that can play outside consistently. But because he's the one guy that can play outside consistently, I think you, you saw it last year that Darnold's going to take chances with him once he finally got comfortable in the NFL. I don't want to say in the offense cuz the offense is changing, but once he got comfortable in the NFL, I think Anderson uh his ADP right now is like round 6 or 7, which is awesome. Uh I think you could you could you should start to look for him in in round 5. Um there there's just a lot to like about what he was 2 years ago or I guess at this point 3 years, yeah, 2 years ago. Uh, yep. 2017 had over 900 uh receiving yards and seven touchdowns. I think there's more for him. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to put himself in the upper echelon of, of, of receivers, but I do think he gets to 1,000 yards and can get you, uh, again, seven or eight touchdowns. And I, I
1: would argue that the the receivers in Miami, having the success that they did, might have been a byproduct of who the quarterback was. And Ryan Tannehill struggling on deep balls and checking it down a lot. If Sam Darnold was the quarterback in Miami for the last three seasons, would, would Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker have been – as up and down or bad, depending on who we're talking about, as they were. And I huh. I would argue that they might not be, because Darnold could be a better— he seems to have gotten better at throwing those deep outside passes. And All that's right. only that's only good news for Robbie Anderson.
2: Yeah, let me just give you the pro and the con for Anderson. I, I gave you the con last week when we did the top 150. Targets in four games without Quincy a ten and a half per game. Targets in ten games with Quincy Anunwa 5.1 per game, literally half as many. And when Anderson was great at the end of last year, Anunuma mostly was not playing. That's the con. The pro, it is easy to forget. Back in 2017, he really was great mid season. His last, his mid season six games. First six games were bad. Second set of six games, he was on. He had an 83 catch, 1,400 yards, 16 touchdown pace. He was a monster. What happened after that? Josh McCown got hurt. Bryce Petty came in, and everybody's numbers plummeted. So Anderson was kind of breaking out in his second season in 2017. It didn't exactly carry it over in 2018 until Quincy Anomo got hurt. Now you've got all that information, and you figure out what you'd like to do with it. This is from Eric in Albany. I'm a corrections officer for Albany County Jail. Last year, I started a league he's in from a- He's from Albany. Yeah, I, I, I know. I said that. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> I started a league in the jail with the officers. Thank you for the distinction there. So many people wanted in. <laughs> I created a fantasy football relegation league. How will this work In is this. League A is a 14-team PPR league. League B is a 12-team PPR league. At the conclusion of the season, the bottom three finishers in League A will get dem- demoted or relegated to the B league and replaced with the top three finishers in the B league. It's essentially a 24-man league. Um, people love it. Breeds competition. Blah blah blah. I think it's a great idea. Kudos to Eric. You guys play in any leagues like that?
1: I play in one league where the team that finishes last is relegated to um, an identical league. Same buy-in, same rules, same everything between the two leagues. But there's one team. One team moves up and one team moves down every year. Just one. By the way, just imagine if this was a league between the officers and the inmates. <laughs> and an officer went to an inmate. Was like, "All right, you wanna you want an extra cupcake today? Pack of smokes or something? You know,
0: just give me Ezekiel Elliott." <laughs> oh, they should really officer. raise the stakes and um, uh, never
2: mind. I <laughs> <laughs> could use our imagination. All right, last email is from Chuck. A really interesting email. Because if I said to you right now, like, what position do you have to prioritize on draft day? What would you say? Kicker, running back, running back. Most people would say either kicker sure. kick or, or tight end. Or... Yeah, tight end, but, but running back, we always think big priority. So Chuck says, I've played in the same 14-team PPR league since 2007. We're filled with good players. If you don't draft well, it's difficult to be in the top four at the end of the season. Uh, but I noticed that every year, teams that finished in the top four had a late-round running back that they drafted finish as a top 12 running back at the end of the year. So he basically compiled a list of the late-round running back that propelled a team to a top-four finish. 2018, James Conner got a team to second place. 2017, Kamara, first place. Jordan Howard, the year before, second place. The year before that, Danny Woodhead and Devontae Freeman, they were around five and seven. They weren't super late, but first place and fourth place, Woodhead and Freeman. That was the worst year ever for running backs, 2015. 2014, Jeremy Hill. First place. 2013, no Sean Marino. Third place. 2012, C.J. Spiller. Alfred Morris. He goes on. It is pretty interesting that of late round picks that Nick, have... Nick ma- Chubb last year, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Late round picks that have major impacts, waiver wire players that have major impacts, it's, it's almost... It's that, if there were a list of players, it'd be very, very much populated by running backs. What does that mean to you guys, if anything?
0: I mean, it's just the nature of what fantasy is, right?
1: I looked over that list of running backs that uh, that Chuck sent in. And in a lot of cases, it's a young running back overtaking uh, a, a veteran who is either old or maybe a, a younger veteran who's unproven. Like you, you take the case of Jordan Howard in 2016. I believe sure. Jeremy Langford was that guy mm-hmm. and Langford couldn't get the job done. And they went to Jordan Howard. There wasn't a, I don't remember there being a ton of hype of, about Jordan Howard uh, during the preseason. And I remember when he came, came out of the draft, he was, he was a good running back, but he wasn't, you know, expected to be this great uh, dynamic running back. And, and some would argue he still isn't that, but he was great for fantasy. In the case of James Conner, it was, well, Le'Veon Bell, who knows when Le'Veon Bell's going to show up, so I might as well take this guy and use him just to begin the season until Le'Veon shows up and then Le'Veon never showed. Kamara was just a real interesting case because I don't think he necessarily, I guess you could say he replaced Adrian Peterson.
0: He absolutely did. Because
1: the Saints got rid of AP and they gave the touches to Alvin and Alvin did really well with that was them. A,
2: that was a tough one to project. Like, right. He, he was so, because he, he didn't even get like every down carries, Ingram didn't get, it's, that was a tough one to project, but. The point really is like running backs when they get the opportunity, they have so much upside.
0: Well it's also, I mean, in, in the case of at least several of those teams, there's they're on great offenses.
2: Yeah. So you know you know who the guy is this year that right right now, Damian Harris. I'll give Harris. you three Damian uh, Harris.
0: Th- there's a bunch. I would, would say, I would say Damian Harris, Darwin Thompson and, and uh Justice Hill. How about Devin Singletary? Oh
1: Look yeah. at the guys in For front sure. of him on the depth chart.
2: I uh, that's a uh, to me yeah. I I like that a lot but but there's just more like Jeff Howe of the Athletic reporting that Damian Harris could have a prominent role. You heard uh you heard on our podcast talk about the Patriots backfield yeah, from Ben, ben Volan. Volan
1: really put that out before anybody
2: did. Yep, absolutely. So, I we have a real draft today, which I'm very nervous for. I don't know why, but I'm very nervous for our <laughs> draft today. Real draft that we're playing out and uh I wonder where Harris is going to go. He's going to be trending up. So we'll take a quick break, we'll do some news and notes and then we'll talk about the super super flex draft at the end of the, uh, no, for like the last uh, 25 30 minutes of the show, we'll spend plenty of time on that. Uh, that's coming up next on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. So the news, really that Harris note was the big one. also, Miles Sanders, the rookie running back for the Eagles, he's going to miss minicamp with a hamstring injury. And Deuce Staley, an assistant coach with the Eagles, said that they are going to continue to use running back by committee. So, what, if anything, have we learned about rookie running backs since m- rookie camp, both voluntaries and mandatories, have started up?
1: What do you mean, what have we learned about them?
2: Well, I think, you know, we learned that Damian Harris could have a big role.
1: So could Daryl Henderson. Josh Jacobs seems legit. David Montgomery, we'll see what he does once training camp gets going in Chicago. You don't hear as much about. Running backs during OTAs and minicamp because they're not full contact practices. So the run games you can't really even judge. Hmm. But you know you hear all sorts of names of players that are, you know, they look good in shorts and t-shirts and helmets. Sure, and you just got to wait and see till July. But the opportunities, you, I think, everybody's starting to see those opportunities begin to open up, especially in LA with. The girly issue and New England with Sony Michelle not participating in camp and Miles Sanders not participating in any of these offseason workouts, that can't be a good thing. And hopefully he's ready to go first day of training camp because he's got some catching up to do.
0: I just I just hope the girly thing doesn't force Daryl Henderson's ADP to be so ridiculous that it's a waste. Because if girly is fine and doesn't miss games, you're wasting a pick on Daryl Henderson where he's going right now. Like in, in, Again, I, I don't want to reveal too much, but... He went in round five of a recent draft.
2: Whoa. Yeah, I didn't mean to suggest that I like Damian Harris better than Daryl Henderson. I just figured that Henderson. No, it wasn't was, about that. But I, yeah, I, yeah. again,
0: I think, you know, and, and even the, the case with the Patriots, uh, uh, Mike Reese of, uh, of ESPN said that, you know, the Michelle thing may be a little bit overblown too. You know, that he's just taking time off because they don't need him out there right now. And so, you know, while Damien Harris has an opportunity, based on what Ben told us, uh, while Daryl Henderson has a great opportunity, if if Gurley, you know, who said his his knee situation is small, he, he actually talked yesterday uh, for Rams minicamp, um, it, you know, it, if those two guys, in terms of Gurley and Michelle, are fine, you don't want to overvalue those rookies. Now, again, they're huge lottery tickets because in their respective offenses, if they do get a heavy workload, they could be stars. But you know, in in the case for the Patriots, it's not like James White is gone, and it's not like Rex Burkhead's gone. So while Harris may be ahead of Burkett, which it should be, um, it's not like he's ahead of White in passing down situations. So still, White's role is locked in, and then it could be those other three guys taking away from each other.
2: Who do you guys have ranked ahead right now? Mark Ingram or Sony Michelle?
1: Ingram. I have Sony ahead of Ingram right now.
2: So I- I'm at the point where I would take Ingram ahead of Michelle. But if Michelle fell farther than that in looking at consensus rankings, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake. You know, I, to me, it's like, well, Josh Jacobs is going to go earlier than this. But once uh, once Ingram comes off the board, I get a little queasy about running backs, the way our drafts are going. That's when I'd really love to pull the trigger on Sonny Michel, if he's able to fall. Because that would be falling like around from where we were seeing him going earlier. Uh, our other news, Marquise Goodwin wants to compete in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, he's a track guy and supremely talented. But I was reading the article, and I'm... I don't know, I maybe misinterpreting it, but I feel like if he might miss some training camp certainly next year, but could he miss training camp this year to train for the Olympics? Did anybody I'd, come I'd away with that? I'd be surprised if that's the case. Because he has to qualify. All right, it's something to keep an eye on. That's the only reason why I brought it up. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has been good in the red zone for the Eagles, rookie wide Not receiver. Not a
1: surprise. Not a surprise at all.
2: I don't like that from an Alshon... Or even Ertz's perspective.
1: No. Well, I mean, he's still got a long way to go to earn that type of playing time. But he's gigantic. So, And that's half of what he did at college, which is post-up. He's a power forward, so he'll just post-up in the end zone. Wentz will throw a ball eight feet in the air, and he'll come down with it.
2: Minnesota signed Kyle Rudolph to a four-year, $36 million deal. I wonder if they're going to regret this in a Cameron Brait sort of way.
0: Probably. I think Rudolph's a little bit better than Brady. He
2: is. But Just a little bit. Like how, yeah, but how much do you have to invest in tight ends? I don't know. Uh, because they, they drafted her. Depends Herbstre. on which tight
1: end you're talking about.
2: I don't know about Rudolph. Yeah. Oakland will be on hard knocks. That could be pretty fun. Yep. And who wins tonight?
1: Bruins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, Boston. There, has-
1: there is nothing better than Game 7 playoff. Hockey. And for the cup, it's terrific. going to be fantastic. It's yeah,
2: terrific. Yeah, Boston hasn't won any championships in a long time, so they could really use this <laughs> one. Super flex. I, I don't even remember. I did the draft. But did the super flex draft have a regular flex and a super flex or just a super flex?
0: Both. Okay. And so, it's five points for passing touchdowns.
2: Yeah, it's PPR. It's one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end a regular flex running back wide receiver tight end and a super flex, which can be running back wide receiver tight end or quarterback. Are there any teams that don't have a quarterback as their super flex?
0: Um, I just remember from writing about it that, uh, Chris Hassel, one of our hosts at CBS sports HQ, he was the last person to take his first quarterback, which ended up being Derek Carr. And then he took two late round flyers on guys, um, if you want to yeah. use one as a flex. His team is sick, aside from quarterbacks. But he has Derek Carr, Nick Foles, and Dwayne Haskins as his three we guys. We need
2: to talk about this team. I hate this team.
0: How do you hate this team?
2: Because I don't think you can win with such crappy quarterbacks.
0: Well, the the hope would be is that Carr takes a big leap.
2: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Let me give the roster. It's a hope, and then the ho- the other thing would be is that Haskins is is good. Yeah, so I think Foles would probably be better than Haskins, but probably safer. All right, so Carr, you only start two quarterbacks at most. Carr, Foles, Haskins are his quarterbacks. He is loaded elsewhere, and it's PPR. Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, starting at running back. Thielen and Schuster, Schuster and Smith, Schuster and Thielen. Sorry, at at wide receiver. Jared Cook at tight end. Chris Godwin at flex. Uh, not super flex, just flex. Chris Godwin. On the bench, Sony Michelle, Anthony Miller. Is that Marvin Jones? Mm-hmm. Will Fuller and Deontay Thompson. Darwin. Da- 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 Darwin Thompson. Thank you. Um, I don't think
1: Deontay Thompson is going to get drafted.
2: <laughs> uh, Steve's not quite as bad as I thought. Darwin Thompson. Uh, that would be the rookie running back for the Chiefs. All right, so honestly like I I think we might have oversold it cuz got everything's got to go right. Like Jared Cook could be great, could not. Chris Godwin obviously unproven. The two running backs and the two starting wide receivers are really good, but if the Vikings run the ball all the time, Adam Thielen might be a bust. So, if you go if you sacrifice quarterback this much, you pretty much need everything else to fall into place. And so I just, I told, I don't what see I told this Chris team What I
0: what I told Chris was where he screwed up because he didn't need this guy is where he took Will Fuller in the eighth round. Here's who is still on the board for him. Trubisky, Garoppolo, oh. Josh Allen, oh, yeah. Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. He take, That's he a takes, winner.
0: If he takes one of those guys, anyone, whoever you feel the most comfortable with, and it's funny, he thing, he's a Bears fan. So if he takes Trubisky there, put Trubisky at the top, and then whoever he replaces Will Fuller with on the bench.
2: I, that is 100%.
0: And then Derek Carr is his, his super flex.
2: And that's a great team. Like that takes this team. It's still a very good team though. It, it's pretty – I yeah, I just don't see it winning. Of course, we're not playing It, it, it,
0: it is – and again, you know, I, I, I don't exactly study all these teams when I write about this. I, I, I kind of take just a, a broad look at it because I want the people who read the story and read the results to make their own opinion. But just based on the roster minus the quarterbacks, it is the best roster minus the quarterbacks.
2: Oh, it should be. It's got the worst quarterbacks.
0: Right.
1: I might have the second worst.
2: Oh, okay. Let's see. Philip because I Rivers. also do
1: not have a quarterback in my super flex.
2: Uh, well, you know what? I actually want to give these numbers out then. So in this format, PPR, five point per passing touchdown. Should your super flex necessarily be a quarterback? Well, let's take a look. Uh, Just as, as far as up top goes, last year in this format, again, PPR, five point per passing touchdown. Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, their fantasy points would have made them the number three quarterback. That's amazing. DeAndre Hopkins was the number six quarterback based on his fantasy points. But if you want to talk about, like, Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky was the number 15 quarterback in this format, five point per passing touchdown. He would have been the number six running back and number 10 wide receiver. Uh, Andy Dalton, who is actually on Dave's team, was the number 24 quarterback, and he played half the season without A.J. Green. He would have been the number 17 running back and number 24 wide receiver in this PPR 5 per passing touchdown league. So, Dave, I would think that Andy Dalton would probably be your super flex.
1: He might be, but I couldn't resist some values in the first six rounds of the draft that put me in a tough spot at quarterback to where Andy Dalton is my second quarterback, which in this format, I guess that's not that bad, but I, people who prioritize having that second quarterback in their super flex spot are going to take quarterbacks a lot earlier than I did. And it's, it's going to make them feel better about their team, especially since most teams will use a quarterback in that flex. And those quarterbacks, as you just told us, Adam score more points. So uh, David Johnson was my first round pick. No big deal there. Odell Beckham, came back to me in round two. Again, no big deal. What pick did you have? Uh, uh, Where was I? Tenth. Okay. So I I was actually thrilled to get David Johnson at 10, and I knew that I'd get a good receiver coming back. I saw some running backs coming off the board, so I went with DJ, and Odell was there for me in round two. So great start, right? Even in a league where you've got to start two quarterbacks, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. T.Y. Hilton in round three. Round four, I went with Diggs over Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry made it back to me in round five. I don't think that that's very shocking. Kenny Galladay was still there in round six. So I'm weighing Galladay versus the quarterbacks that were still there, and there were still some really good quarterbacks there. But I thought to myself, Oh, I'll just get a quarterback in round seven, no big deal. And I took Kenny Galladay. Who and is the a bench the line... player
2: for you? Like you can't start with him him City Dalton each week. Right. You could start him at Superflex. Right. Um Like you had already had three receivers, two running backs at that point.
1: Yes. So I might have just gone a little too hog yeah, wild on receivers there. I
2: don't know. I mean, it's impressive. You could probably, you know, if we were playing it out, it's certainly trade bait. But I, but I think Rivers and Dalton is perfectly fine. You took advantage of the depth of the position.
1: Well, I was also hoping to get somebody like, who, here are the quarterbacks that were still on the board when I took Galladay. Breeze, Russell Wilson, Goff. Roethlisberger, who I wouldn't have taken, uh, Dak, who I probably wouldn't have taken. I actually felt lucky to, to get Phillip rivers in late round seven. Um, because I, I think plenty of Philip rivers and I think he'll be a good quarterback again this year. He's got the great track record. Uh, and then quarterbacks really kind of fell off a cliff between that pick and my pick in round nine round eight. I could have taken another quarterback and maybe that's really the mistake that I made. I took Jordan Howard. Over Garoppolo, that thank you. Josh thank, Allen. Thank you yeah, I'm, that. I'm thinking that that was because I got. But Garoppolo. you know me; I love having that running back depth. But I, Jordan
2: Howard in a PPR league, you're not you're going to yeah. cut Jordan Howard. Probably by week nine or ten, or week four or five. Well, you had Derrick Henry, David Johnson. You did need running back depth. Yeah. I mean that. So so let me ask you this: Which running backs were on the board when you took Kenny Galladay?
1: When I took Kenny Galladay in round six, as the, your
2: fourth uh, receiver,
1: uh, Miles Sanders was the first one to go after Lamar Miller, David Montgomery, who, if I had a redo, I might actually take him now. Uh, Tevin Coleman was someone I was hoping to fall to me in round seven. Didn't do
0: it.
2: I don't know, Jamie. What do you think of his team with with Rivers and Dalton? You think it's okay?
0: I think it's I think it's 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 good. I, I think the only problem is again, it, it's like it it's the Jordan Howard pick is the one that stands out like a sore thumb. Um, you know, I I'm looking at a team like comparing it to Chris and it's very similar. You know, I I think uh you know, we, we talked about this with Ben the other day. Derrick Henry in a PPR league isn't great, but um, you know, as your second guy it's not awful. Um and and Hawkinson is is I think in a struggle as yeah we didn't at, even talk about the tight end at tight end, but everything else is, you know, fantastic. Rivers uh loses a little bit in five points for passing touchdowns compared to six just because he doesn't run at all. Um, and dalton is is serviceable and was a great value like dalton's the type of guy in this type of format you want as your third quarterback more times than not um mm-hmm. like for me my third quarterback is Dar- is darnold i have them basically ranked back to back so i i think those are the type of guys you want to you know hopefully get as your third quarterback uh the thing that i don't love about dave's team is his bench i think is is not great you know so his starters are good tight ends questionable one quarterback's good the rest of it is it i, I think has you know some holes in it but um, his his starters compared to anybody else's, aside from the the having the two quarterbacks, is is just amazing. You know, Diggs, Galladay, and, and Beckham and Hilton are are as good a foursome somebody you'll find at receiver anywhere.
2: Dave's bench is Galladay, who could be a super flex. Uh,
1: well, assuming Dalton. the way he has it now, Galladay is right starter. right now Galladay is in the super flex, and Dalton's on the bench. Okay. But so. I can obviously mix and match that. Cincinnati's at Seattle week one, or yeah, they're at Seattle in week one. I might go for Dalton there. Bench Galladay.
2: Malcolm Brown.
0: Galladay has a Patrick Peterson list, Cardinals. You're playing Galladay in week one.
2: I'll just bench Odell then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Malcolm Brown, Ito Smith, Dalton, Jordan Howard, Deontay Foreman, and Noah Fant. Two yeah. Iowa tight ends for Dave. So Yeah, yeah that, but, I
1: went with the late-round rookie tight end strategy that uh, I'm probably going to stop doing. Because now that I've done it and I've looked at it, I went, oh, my God, it's not very pretty. And uh, I guess the reports out of Detroit in uh, OTAs is is that Hawkinson isn't impressing quite as much yet.
2: Okay. well, the point I want to make another point I want to make is that, you know, let's talk about do you need three quarterbacks? Dave has two. I have three. Jamie has three. When you consider that the number 24 quarterback... This is 12 teams, by the way. I should have clarified that. 12 teams, Superflex. Much harder than 10. The number 24 quarterback last year would have been the number 17 running back, the number 24 wide receiver. So if you get an injury at quarterback or you're dealing just dealing with a bye week, there's not going to be much on waivers. There might not be anything on waivers. Maybe may be the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, In a Superflex PPR league, yeah, like... You could throw a wide receiver in there. It's not—you might only lose a few points. So that's just an important distinction to make.
0: A lot a lot of these formats typically are four points for passing touchdowns. So it changes the conversation, especially when it's minus two for interceptions. But I think anything above four, you're probably in, in a disadvantage of not starting two quarterbacks.
2: Not starting—but not rostering three is what I was saying. You know.
0: Yes, yes.
1: You do not have to roster three. You know why you roster three? To trade one of them to me
2: <laughs> mid-season
1: because I'm going to need quarterback help.
2: Well, my big, my tough decision. You know what's like? Even if this were a two quarterback PPR league, I probably would. Rather than just super flex, I probably would have taken the same approach. When we were started doing two quarterback leagues, I don't know, five years ago, we started our two QB league, something like that. Like, I was pretty much taking at least one, if not both, quarterbacks early. I think maybe not. I, I agree with you. Wrong. I think
1: back in the day,
2: it's we changed. were
1: definitely taking quarterbacks a lot sooner in two quarterback leagues.
2: Yeah, and, and I don't play in any two quarterback non PPR leagues, but any type of PPR scoring, I mean, I just you got to take advantage of the depth, right? We are not going to be the ones that have Mahomes. We're we're probably I have the number six quarterback. I took Matt Ryan. No, the number seven quarterback. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry, he was number six. And was I the first of the three of us to take a quarterback? Definitely before Dave. Jamie, your starting quarterback is Jameis Winston. So not long after I took Ryan. but uh, Right. Uh, one round after. So I think that's just, I want to say that. We're not going to be, Patrick Mahomes went ninth overall. Deshaun Watkins was round two, pick six. Luck was round two, pick nine. Rodgers, round two, pick 11. Baker Mayfield, round three, pick 11. And then I took Matt Ryan, round four, pick five. Uh, okay, so I just want to say that Jamie, why don't we talk about your team and what you well, did? Well, before
0: before that, I think one one team of note, in, in just the opposite of what Dave and Chris did, was Ben Gretsch's team, who took two quarterbacks. He was the first one to take two quarterbacks, and he took Cam and Kyler. 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 All and right, so, so, like, look, so you want
2: to look at his team then? We should do that. Yeah, I
0: think I think his team is interesting just because you know he invested heavily. I think he took all three of those guys in the first six rounds.
2: His weakness is wide receiver, so Ben has Cam and Kyler. He has uh, DeAngelo. (laughs) I see an additional, and I just go with the guy who's washed up: Damian Williams and Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey and Damian Williams at running back. Uh, His
0: first, his first three picks, he went McCaffrey, Ertz, Damian Williams, and then I think he went Cam and then Kyler back to back.
2: DJ Moore and Allen Robinson are his wide receivers. Ronald Jones is his flex. Now, you heard Ben talk two days ago. He likes Ronald Jones. He loves Kyler Murray. On his bench, Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Lee, Royce Freeman, Matt Breida, Lamar Jackson as a third quarterback, and Kiki Cutie, who's getting a ton of buzz right now. So, could a combination of Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Lee, and Kiki Cutie get him by at wide receiver? And, of course... There's always going to be waiver wire wide receivers. I just don't know. If this were a four point per passing touchdown league, maybe it'd be a little different than five. I'm not sure like Cam and Murray really blow me away as opposed to like even my quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo, you know? It's like I, I don't know that 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 the investment is worth the big downgrade at at wide receiver.
0: And you wonder if he could have gotten Murray maybe a round later. Like if he, um, I'll go back and look. So he took Cam.
2: Kyler Murray was round five. They, you were right. They went rounds four and five as right. quarterbacks uh, seven and eight off the board.
0: So let's just say, and, and we did this draft prior to the latest news on Tyreek Hill. So the re- first receiver after Kyler Murray was Sammy Watkins. So let's just say he takes uh, Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Kenny Gall. Kenny Galladay, where he took Kyler Murray, and then he comes back at the end of round six, and instead of taking DJ Moore, he takes Kyler Murray there. He wouldn't have had, he wouldn't have been there. But he could have gotten somebody he have like... He would have been there. Who, I mean, Kyler Murray?
1: Yeah. No, I would
0: have taken him at that point. You didn't Someone have, else would have. Y- you wouldn't have had the choice to take him if you... Should. Sure, because you're giving him Kenny Galladay in round five. But you have Russell Wilson and Drew Brees ranked ahead of him at the time. Uh, that's true. So I could have taken one of those guys.
1: One of those other quarterbacks
0: could have So what I'm saying is he ends up with Kyler Murray in round six, and then... he instead of the combination of Murray and Moore, it's Galladay and Murray, and that's a much more attractive situation.
2: You know what I think this really comes down to is how you tier the quarterback position. I mean, it's so easy in a one-quarterback league to just take shots with upside, like Jamie was saying earlier, Kyler Murray, Ben Roethlisberger, play the waiver wire. In this league, like if you draft Cam Newton and, and Kyler Murray, one thing I'll say is, like we know for a fact from the past that Cam Newton has number one upside potential. Like, we know it. And he certainly has top five potential. We know that there's plenty of potential with Kyler Murray. I think you have to ask yourself, at what point in the quarterback rankings do I get to, this, to the spot where this guy doesn't really have top five upside? Like, he's fine, but he doesn't have the upside of Cam Newton, of Kyler Murray, of Jameis Winston. That, to me, is an important question to ask yourself. I, st- I think Jared Goff does have that upside. He did it last year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has that upside. I don't know if anyone else after that does. Like I don't know if Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, if they do. So, you guys know what I'm saying? That's why he took Cam and and Kyler. Because maybe they won't be better than than Goff and Dak or Goff and Rivers, but they do have much more upside. So I could see the case to be made. Absolutely. Better. Yeah. But, again, it's sacrificing saying?
0: the receiver spot.
2: Like, I, yeah. I my
0: team's somewhat similar. I, I think my receivers are better, but it's somewhat similar.
2: All right. Go, let's get your team. Do you want you me to, to say, say it? it? Uh, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, James, what pick did you have?
0: I had the fifth pick.
2: You took Melvin Gordon in the first round. So, Jamie's quarterbacks are Jameis Winston, who he got round five. QB9. And Jared Goff, who he got round seven, but that was QB like 14. Uh, So that's a super flex. Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook. Robert Woods and Dante Pettis. George Kittle. David Montgomery at regular flex. Jared Goff at super flex. With Sam Darnold, Debo Samuel. You got Madison to back up Cook. Andy is about your team's your team is awesome. And you even have the Jaguars defense to boot. You have the best team. Congratulations. I mean, it, it it's
0: good if Woods is still what he was, which I think he's capable of being because he's shown that over two years. And what I did at receiver at the second spot, like I think Pettis, I, I mean, I've said this, I, I think he's got a lot of upside, but I think he's more of a number three than a number two. But I made sure to take Samuel. We talked about this Adam during a draft that I did the friendship strategy. Aw. Um, and then I know I'm probably higher on Deshaun Hamilton than most, but I do think that if Sanders is slow in his recovery or even if Sanders is fine, that Hamilton is going to challenge to be one of the best receivers in Denver, maybe even the best. Um, you know, I feel about Carlos Hyde. And then I think at the the quarterback position, I'm, I'm pretty well covered because Goff is, you know, should be good. Once again, he may not, I think he's going to take a little bit of a step back, but he, he should be good. Uh, you know what I think of Jameis. And then I, I think Darnold is a third guy. That's the type of guy you want to take. You know, somebody that has upside, you can get like,
2: Yeah, I just think that you took your two quarterbacks later than Ben took his two quarterbacks. He took Cam and Kyler. You took Winston and Goff. I'm not sure that he has an advantage over you. You both have really good running backs. But Damian Williams is a big question mark as his number two. I guess you could say Dalvin's a big question mark as well, but that's only for injury. But his wide receivers, his starting receivers are Allen Robinson and DJ Moore. Yours are Robert Woods and Dante Pettis. Like, I just prefer your route. I just prefer your route better. Um, I don't know what, and we did, we, why... And we took
0: a similar approach to tight end. You know, we both have the, the two and three, however yeah. you want to flip them.
2: Kettle, uh, kettle kettle, and Earths. Kettle and mm-hmm. Ertz. I don't know why people... Like, why are we down on Goff? He was the number six quarterback last year, and his production stopped. You know, his production slumped when Cup got hurt. Uh, but... I... Like, I feel like he's a steal. Was it the 15th, 16th quarterback off the board? Uh,
0: without crazy. a doubt, at that point, in, in a super flex league, and a two-quarterback league, yes, he should not have fallen as far as he did. But at the same time, I, I think there are some things to you know nitpick with him. The biggest thing for me is the offensive line. I mean, they have three new starters on the offensive line.
2: Jared Goff was the 14th quarterback off the board in this draft. All right, my team, pretty happy with it. I also have a stud tight end. Hey, Dave, uh, you want a tight end? <laughs>
1: Yes, let's <laughs> let's make a mock trade.
2: Okay, who who do I want from you? I will. G- do you need a receiver. Uh, I actually could use a receiver. Yeah. All right, I'll give you Kelsey. You give me Beckham. Wow, blockbuster! You have you have Diggs, Hilton, and Galladay.
1: So it's a league we're not playing out either way. So knock yourself out.
2: I actually th- think I might prefer. Nah, I'd probably take Beckham. Okay, uh, I have Matt Ryan, who I took in round four. I had, sorry, do you know what pick I had, guys? (laughs) You were eighth. Eighth. Yeah, I was hoping Devontae Adams would would get there, and he did. So I took Adams in round one, Kelsey in round two, Aaron Jones in round three. My team is Matt Ryan at quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo at super flex, Aaron Jones and Mark Ingram at running back, Devontae Adams and Alshon Jeffrey at wide receiver, Kelsey at tight end. I don't like my flex so much. Miles Sanders. You liked it
1: better when we did the draft.
2: Yeah, sure. And then I have Justice Hill on my bench to back up Ingram. I have Nikhil Harry. Matthew Stafford as my number three quarterback. Emmanuel Sanders, Jamal Williams to back up Aaron Jones. And I have Golden Tate, who I actually think could be... He's probably, he's probably starting over Miles Sanders to start. Golden Tate as a flex is not bad. If you have... Kelsey, you know, you're obviously going to be weak somewhere. I don't think I don't think yep. plugging in Golden Tate's bad in PPR at flex. Actually, I like the team. I've Greg Zerline, that's amazing. Great 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 pick. <laughs> um I like the team, but my big question was Matt Ryan, you know. I I don't know if I'd do it again cuz when I took Matt Ryan, there were some really good players on the board. Julian Edelman was certainly one. Like how do you pass up knowing you're going to be weak at wide receiver if you take Matt Ryan? You know, if I could do it again, I think I would take Edelman to be my Wide receiver two behind Devonte Adams, and then I would just wait and, you know.
0: Edelman was the one time where I got upset in this draft because he went right before me in round four, and I was like, the way that this is set up for me when I went, the two running backs and and uh, Kittle, uh, Edelman as is, is a top twelve guy for me, so number one receiver for me Woods is just outside, like I think he's like fifteen. Um, I was like, wow, I'm about to get Julian Edelman, and then Marone Bergson took him one spot in front of me.
2: Uh, so yeah, that, so so I, if I could do it again, or you guys tell me, would you rather have Matt Ryan and Alshon Jeffrey, or Philip Rivers and Julian Edelman?
0: Uh, Ryan and Jeffrey. Yeah, I I think I'd go that way All too. Right.
2: All if right, this was works. six
0: points for passing touchdowns, I'd go the other way.
2: Yeah, and, and Alshon is I think a little underrated. He basically was really good when he was healthy, except for games against. Minnesota and Jacksonville. Um,
1: do I have to take Alshon in your example or could I take Tyler Boyd who you or Robbie Anderson both You could, Anderson, you both could of take them. either of those guys. Yeah, I would rather so if that was my option then I would definitely take Matt he took Ryan Alshon and one over of those guys. guys. Yeah, he took I Alshon ahead to of Boyd, ahead of Robbie Anderson, ahead uh, of Mike Williams. Uh,
2: yeah, I would, Will I would do I I don't have any regrets. I took him ahead of Dante Pettis, who I love. So maybe I, I'd regret that. But I do think Alshon's underrated. Just, you know, that little medical white white and red plus sign is going to be next to Alshon Jeffrey. When you took him, often. did you have
1: any thought about him possibly making it back to you in round eight? Because that's what I would have thought about if I were you.
2: I'm sure I, I did. I, I don't remember. With players
1: like that, I'm always going to try and push to have them fall to me in the next round.
2: Yeah, but I mean... When's, when is the next round? Like then do I go well what, what does it make Well to you round picked nine?
1: pretty early in round 8. So
2: I'm uh, thinking little, he might have been able to make the it next back round to
0: after him. round 8 is round 9. No, I know you took have, him in round 7. I know you have trouble or round 7. I know you have trouble counting sometimes.
2: <laughs> I know, I just mean I know. I I'm pretty sure nine's after 8. Oh, uh, by the way, um why didn't the cannibal eat the clown?
1: He tasted funny.
2: Yeah. Good job! I killed out a group text with that one yesterday. I think we're done Ed, here. I think Ed that jumped. that means we're done. We're not. We're not done. We're not done. What? What do we have? Oh, gotta what, go what did I do? Oh, okay. Jamie. Uh, Jamie has surprised me. He said that I have to publicly apologize to someone, and he hasn't told me who. So we'll find out in a later episode. Don't forget to download the CBS app or go to cbs.com/poker to watch the World Series of Poker. Dave, what do you got to say?
0: Na 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 na.